Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 48 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. We're bringing you this episode on June 18th, 2021. I'm your host, Lee Paddock, and my co-host, Sterling Emma. And of course, when we talk about these movies, we have to issue a spoiler alert. So let's just uh, talk about the movie now. Uh, this week, it was my choice, and uh, we watched... Donnie Darko. Ah, Donnie from Darko. 2001. So Frank. Yeah, this movie's 20 years old now. That's pretty Ugh. crazy. Pretty crazy to you think got a that baby, uh, <laughs> what's his face? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, baby Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. He plays the title character. Uh, yeah, this movie, there wasn't really any particular reason why I picked it, to be honest. Yeah, Lee was having a hard time this last week thinking of something. So I was just like, what's a movie that's kind of different from Major Pain and what's kind of like, I don't know, celebrating some some sort of like anniversary? Oh, Donnie Darko turned 20 this year. Jesus. Which is just so, so weird. It is. We're just so old now. Yes. (laughs) And seeing a movie that's kind of modern looking being like, well, that's 20 years old. Like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's very surreal. To think that, like, it still sort of looks newish to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like the fucking early two thousands, well, and then it's like, but it's twenty. That's a full adult. The kid, a kid that was born that year, is an adult about to drink. Yeah, in a, in a year from now. Yeah. And like Jake Gyllenhaal's like an old man now with children, and yeah, he's in his forties now. And he plays a high school. Smiles. Plays a high school student in this movie. Yeah, doing creepy smiles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess um, let's go into what this movie is. Um, so Donnie Darko tells the story of a young man whose name happens to be Donnie Darko. Um, and one morning uh, he wakes up in the middle of the street uh, after like sleepwalking, because he has an issue with sleepwalking, and also has a bunch of other uh, mental issues as well. Mm. Uh, he may have like paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. Um, and you know he's also super intelligent, and he's sort of kind of alienated from everybody because of that. Yeah. Um. So one morning, uh, he wakes up in the middle of the street and he rides his bike home. And then that night, uh, he gets called out again into the middle of the street and into the, the into in front of his house while he's sleepwalking, and he sees a giant bunny rabbit, or at least a man dressed up in a creepy bunny yeah, costume. Yeah, not like a regular one. And he, this bunny rabbit man tells him, and his name is Frank, by the way. Mm. Uh, he tells him. That uh, in 28 days, uh, four hours, 62 minutes or something, the world is going to end. And what happens is um, a jet engine falls out of the sky and falls onto Donnie Darko's house into his room. Um, But at this point, uh, Donnie Darko wasn't in his room at that point, so he was technically saved by Frank. Mm -hmm. And so all of these strange occurrences begin to happen. All these different sort of paradoxes. And Frank starts giving him, like, commands, and he'll do anything Frank says. And there's a lot of things, and Donnie becomes obsessed with the idea of time travel, Mm -hmm. and he begins to, he thinks he's seeing uh, people's uh, lifelines. Yeah. Um which, you know, I guess sort of guide people to where, you know, they're going to go next in their life. and Yeah, it goes a little in front of them, so it could divert, but it's usually set on a path. Yeah, and he uh, he meets a, a girl who has also kind of has issues. At least her family does. Yeah, this movie's gray. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's sort of, it's kind of really hard to just explain everything that happens in this movie in one... It's a trippy movie. Yeah. It's, it's so a bit of a mind fuck. So there's going to be more, like, plot revelations 
about this movie as we go on. But yeah, because at first it just sounds like, oh, it's just a teenage movie. And it's but like this no. movie has a lot of things going on in it, which I like. Fuck. Man. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about the cast and crew, mostly the the writer director of this film, uh, Richard Kelly, who uh, it's kind of a sad story with him. No. Um, this is this was his first film, his first feature film that he made. Mm. And um, this is probably his best movie that he's made. Oh, really? Yeah. It's is kind of a downward trend after this? Af- after this, he made a movie, <laughs> which may be a bad movie intermission movie one day because <laughs> I've actually seen it. That's sad. And it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it's a movie that has a really like interesting cast, for, to say the least. Stars The Rock. <laughs> Um and the guy who plays Stifler from the American Pie movies, and Sarah Michelle Gellar, it's a movie called Southland Tales. And I that. Th- yeah, this movie is a mess, to say the least, to say the very least. <laughs> it was very bad, and that movie pretty much killed Richard Kelly's career. After that, um, yeah, and he and can't he, make a movie with that cast. Yeah. It's, it's like Hollywood it's, handing you a movie. It's he pretty much got carte blanche to do whatever he wanted with that movie, and, and what he just, wanted was bad. It didn't turn out well at all. Mm. Uh, and then he made one more movie after that, and he has not directed a movie since oh. or written one. So he just like secluded himself. Probably yeah. teaches at a college or something. Yeah, he might be a film teacher now. He uh, wrote this movie uh, right after he had graduated from. Uh, USC Film School, mm. um, and he wrote it like in 1997, and it took him a while to get funding for it. Uh, I could see how that'd be a hard movie to pitch for sure. Yeah, one of the but he did meet a producer that read it and was intrigued by it, and I think actually helped him like streamline it a little bit uh, and make it a little bit more coherent. Yeah, I could just imagine because already how complicated this movie is. Like the first draft. Oh, for sure. It's probably like had That's so much the more problem twist with and things. Southland Tales is that I don't think he did have a producer who was good enough that to told edit it him, for him. Yeah, that told him like, hey, this doesn't really make any sense. Uh, you kind of need to go back and change things a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, it, that, that movie is just a, a horrible mess. And it, I guess you could almost say it was like t- strike two for him, because oh, yeah, this yeah. movie was uh was not a hit. Yeah, this upon becomes its release. A, this is a cult classic. This is definitely like the almost like the definition of a cult movie. It really is. Uh, it's just it's definitely did not appeal to a mainstream audience. Still doesn't. No, but it definitely appeals to weirdos like me. I'll give um, you that. <laughs> And it's kind of sad that, you know, Southland, you couldn't even do that. You couldn't even do that right. Couldn't even appeal to weirdos like me uh, who'd like weird, complicated, like sci-fi, like Yeah, you could have survived on like DVD sales. No, not even that movie. (laughs) So let's uh, talk a little bit about the cast, I guess. Uh, It stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, as Boo-hoo, the, the t- boy. The title character, Donnie Darko. This might be my f- my favorite performance of his, to be honest. Uh, I really love. I just I love him in this movie. I always think of whenever I think of Jake Gyllenhaal, I just think of this movie. Well, uh, I'm trying. To, I, I I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I feel like I've seen movies with him, but it's hard for me to think what movies I've seen him in. But I know that one of my favorite movies of his is the uh, what's that cop movie again? End, End, of, End of Watch. Watch. I haven't. That's seen a that. good movie. Actually, I'll show you that one day. Okay. That's a really good movie. Um, a really actually pretty good cop movie. Uh, yeah, I. But like, I really can't. It's weird. He's one of those actors. It's like I know it. Like I know I've seen him in stuff. But you love Bubble Boy. Yes. Which it, came out the same year. Which is just as crazy. This. 
And I think that movie made a, a little bit more money than this. Yeah, I don't think it was a huge success, but I love Bubble Boy. Like it, <laughs> that's that's something that angers it's... me more about this movie. It's like <laughs> this came out the same year that he did Bubble Boy. <laughs> but hey, that oh. movie. But hey, that movie was more of a hit. People, like he's such a jerk in this movie. Everyone is. Yeah, but I also feel like he ha- he has his moments where he is a sympathetic character and you sort of understand where he's coming from he is a he's also a weirdo who has lots of mental problems autistic he's probably autistic before autism was and we're not popular like, thing we're not like making fun of him or not being mean or anything it, i think that could be he i think he's definitely on the spectrum yes because yeah he, he's hard the way he acts and the way he behaves is just and he doesn't respect social cues as well yeah, when he's talking to uh, his like girlfriend <laughs> or whatever, the girl that he fancies in this movie, she's talking about like how her dad, her stepdad, has like mental problems or emotional problems, and he's just like, "Oh, I have those too," like that's a normal thing, and it's just like, mm. and he's like, "What kind does he have?" He's like, "The kind that makes him stab my mom four times in the chest," like, "Oh," and it's just like, yeah, it's like that's he's like, "Oh, I don't have those." It's not a th- a thing you should get excited about. Yeah, he's super proud of it because he's like, it makes me, it's it's how smart I am. I'm just, and he's very confrontational. Yes, he's he doesn't he doesn't take bullshit very lightly. No, but he's also just kind of a dick too, especially to his family in the beginning. But it's because I feel like he doesn't. He also thinks that his family doesn't really understand him, Which and is, she's and they're just trying to just force therapy and all and all that on him. Which is like, it's one of the points in this movie. It's like, he learns over that month they actually do care, kind of, about yes. him. And then and then when he actually, I mean, we already did it. Spoiler alert. When he dies. Yeah, like, they're, the they're all broken up from it pretty hard, obviously. Yeah, so what happens is, uh, at the end of this film, uh, a lot of crazy shit happens. Um, but it ultimately ends with, Basically, time reversing itself from and going back to the beginning of to the film to fix the hole that it created by like sparing him. Yes, he wasn't supposed to survive the uh, that jet er- that jet engine. It's kind of like uh, Final Destination, I guess in a way. Death's coming for us all, because that only whispers to him like we all all living creatures die alone. In a way, yeah, and that's sort of his one of his fears is that you know he's to die. You know he doesn't want to die alone. He doesn't want to be lonely. And then he and does, but he accepts it. But it's, but it's like all the good he did is just not going to happen. That pedophile won't get revealed. Well, that yeah. girl will probably just be killed along with her mother. We don't know. We oh, don't know these things. This is sad. I just well, we'll get to that. Stupid. But I, uh, yeah, I, I think Jake Gyllenhaal is uh, terrific in this movie, and I, I like the character of Donnie Darko. I hate his smile. Yeah, J- Jake Gyllenhaal has an amazing creepy smile. He does. He could he play can, the Joker he still. Can literally I think. go just from like normal plain face to this like. I mean, it's it's eye. sinister. Yeah, it's real sinister. It's <laughs> like it's psychopathic. Yeah, he, he might even be a little bit of a sociopath. Like, it's not a happy smile. No, it definitely has a lot of malice behind it. He was like, oh, if you I saw lo- that at the end of a ho- alleyway, you'd turn around. I, mean, I just I love that scene where he's talking to Frank in the movie theater, and he has that creepy smile the whole time. Yeah. I... And that whole scene is just weird just... and creepy and atmospheric. She's sleeping. Yeah, you you weren't into this at all. You kind of no, work. not from the movie. That was just me. If that was like my girlfriend was going through that, I'd be like, just if she took me to see the Evil Dead. Oh right, yeah, they go to see uh, Evil Dead. I just uh, the knock original out the Evil first Dead. Ten minutes, like, interesting note about that. Um, originally, that footage was going to be uh, a footage from a movie called Chud, a horror movie from yeah. the '80s that not a lot of people remember now. Chud, <laughs> but. For some reason, Richard Kelly couldn't get the rights to that or couldn't find out who held the rights to it. 
And uh, good old Sam Raimi came to the rescue, director of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and eventually the Spider-Man movies, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Uh, He was actually making the first Spider-Man movie, I think, at this point. And he was like, I guess, somehow found out about this film and saw footage from it and was like, oh, this is kind of neat. I'll let you use footage from my movie. And he didn't charge him at all for it. That's cool, man. Yeah. Sam Raimi is, seems like a pretty cool guy. No. I won't accept it because he made this movie. That's sad. He didn't make this movie. He just I mean, helped. He provided some footage from his old yeah. movie. See? While he was making Spider-Man. You like Spider-Man. Yes. I could see. I almost could see Tobey Maguire as Donnie Darko, too. Well, you know what? A lot of people can. Conf- confused for a while at least i don't know when if they were kind of younger yeah for a while i don't know if they really do so anymore but a lot of people confused toby mcguire and jake gyllenhaal with each other I and they were and they, did. and they were they're also best friends in real life i think that's weird but toby like when you think about toby mcguire hasn't been in movies in forever it's been a, yeah it's kind of sad kinda I, I like toby mcguire it's kind of weird where he just went away but jake gyllenhaal kept going I love Jake Gyllenhaal. He's actually probably one of my favorite actors. He was in another movie that I'll probably show you one of these days that I really like called Nightcrawler. Mm. He plays an even war. <laughs> you think Donnie Darko's not a very likable character? Ugh. That Just character. trying to ruin Jake Gyllenhaal for me, aren't you? And then I'll show you uh, another movie of his that I really <sighs> like that he actually plays a, a more decent character. I gotta show you End of Watch. <laughs> so you can see him being a good guy. For once in your his career, he plays he plays a pretty good uh, sociopath. I I have to Ugh. say, that just um, makes me not happy. The one uh, one sad thing though is that one day I'll show you the movie Okja, which I talked about uh, on my Parasite episode a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's actually not very good in that movie. It's kind of sad. He's just a generic white guy. Oh no, it's his performance is not generic at all, but it's. It's terrible. Uh, I don't. I don't want to get too much into that, but because I mean, yeah, we'll get into it when we we'll watch, watch it. that movie one day. I like that movie, but I mean, that's the one bad part of it. <laughs> Sorry, Jake Gyllenhaal. Respect maybe you. Maybe the one part I like. <laughs> maybe respect you and everything that you've done, other than that. <laughs> no. Uh, so let's. I guess let's move on. Uh, then you got uh his sister, his real life sister. Maggie Gyllenhaal, who plays his older sister in this film. Mm, yes, yes. That, that's his sister? That's his real-life sister, Maggie oh, Gyllenhaal. Shit. Yep. I did not know that. That's what kind of makes related. their scenes, like at least in the beginning, like a little bit more like interesting. Because they're actually brother and when, sister. <laughs> when she's like, you're such a fuck-ass. You can a- go suck a fuck. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's uh, weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. They came, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if it was like some sort of like thing where Jake Gyllenhaal got hired and, uh... He suggested or vice versa? I'm not, sh- yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really sure what happened there, but I think it works. Yeah, she's not a huge part, but she fills her role. She does, I think she's good in this movie for uh, the amount of, for the part that she's given. It's not, yeah, it's not a huge substantial role. But I think it's just interesting to note that yeah, his real life sister plays his act like plays his sister in the movie. Yeah, and she's an actual legit actress that goes on and has her own career. Yeah, she's a good. I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, she's so in the I, dark. I just I never knew they were related. That's crazy. Yeah, the more you know, people, the more you know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Give us the facts. Uh, I guess there's not. Yeah, there's not really too much to say about her character. Yeah, she's just there. She's a sister. She kind of bullies Donnie a little bit. But it's not like he doesn't deserve it. Because he, yeah, he dishes it out just as much and as... And he kind of starts it sometimes. Yeah, he's he's an, he's pretty antagonistic towards her. Not his younger sister as no, much. No, I mean, he's like the typical older brother. Like, remember, like, what do you? What happens if you tell on me? I'm going to break gonna, all... You're going to break all my toys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, twist the heads off of all my Barbies. So it's like typical little brother, but like he's also like... He's like a dude... He's an asshole, but he's not like mean. 
in the mean, like real mean, like when he's they're not like malicious. When his friends are making well, fun uh, of that fat Asian girl, he tells them to lay off. Yeah, that's true. Like he has his limits. He's not exactly. He likes. He fancies himself a bully sometimes, but he's not really a bully because he's not going to do it out of cruel, cruel being cruel. He bullies just dumb people. Yeah, because he doesn't have pa- he doesn't have the patience for, for the dumb bullshit. And there's the, and this the, town, the hypocrites of town. This of, entire of, town is filled with just yeah, because uh, something you didn't mean, it's based in the eighties. Yes, this movie so is set. I forgot to say that it was set in the nineteen eighties. This is uh, I think right after or this is during Reagan's last term. Yeah, so everything's like very conservative and religious. The, the election for eighty nine is coming up, I think, or no, it would be eighty eight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Bush wins? Yes, yeah. It's Bush and Dukakis, and uh, uh, this kind of does tie into the sister because uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character really wants uh, her family to vote for. Uh, yeah, she's Dukakis. a typical even back then. Like she's a teenager who's like eighties liberal, newly like like older and like yeah, I'm a Democrat. And yeah, and her dad's just like, well, you know, if you want your kids to get braces, you're gonna have to pay thousands of dollars. Taxes. The dumbass conservative straw man argument. Argument. Same bullshit over and over. Taxes, taxes, taxes. Uh, but yeah, like that. The the time period does actually tie into this movie a lot, and what this movie's about. But it's not like themes. two eighties or nineties. It's no, it's it's pretty subtle about it. It's kind of like it's it, and it definitely has more of a two thousands feel. Yes, oh for sure. <laughs> uh, with some of the editing, uh, there's some you could kind of like that kind of dates it a little bit, like the 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 montage, the speed up like montagey kind of stuff. Yeah, that was a huge thing in the two thousands. Mm, and then it's going. And then uh, there's a scene the there's a scene during the party at the end of the movie. Where he's like walking down the st- uh, Donnie Darko's walking down the stairs, and the camera like flips upside down for a second, and then it like speeds up and does the f- like uh, montage thing again. Mm. That's very two thousands too. You don't really see that kind of thing see, anymore. You see that shit in like uh, she's all that. Exactly. I mean, this is right after like the nineties came out, and you know the nineties was the extreme decade. Yeah, and this was like almost probably like a little counterculture to all the teen late like the late nineties teen movies. For sh- yeah, definitely. At least they actually look like teenagers. They do. Jake Gyllenhaal is Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal are convincing as they don't teenagers. look like they're twenty seven. No, and the the other actress who I guess we'll highlight now, uh, Donnie Darko's love interest, is played by Jenna Malone. Which is kind of funny. We're gonna get two highlights on her. <laughs> hint, hint. Um, yeah, she plays Gretchen, who is uh, who's new to this uh, this town, and um, she kind of has her own issues, although not like not from like just having like mental issues. She has just actual just crazy, horrible, horrible like personal issues. Her, her stepfather almost murdered her mother, right? Yeah, sta- like his, her stepfather stabbed her mother four times in the chest. And escaped. And escaped, got away. They don't, The police don't know what happened to him. And then, yeah, she goes. Mi- the mom goes missing, and, then the and, mom and we goes never know missing. what happens. They never resolve that. No, unfortunately. And it's like, oh, you go back in time, it didn't happen. It's like, well, that's still going to happen. Hey, not everything is going to get a satisfying resol- resolution in life. I mean, I guess some people consider Donnie Darko to be a hero in the movie because he kind of saves the world, but I don't. I don't prescribe to that. I at don't all. either because a lot I just of think the stuff he, he just kind of just reset everything. Yeah, nothing good. Happens. So the world does. The world doesn't end. I guess. So I guess that's good. But yeah, no one. But everything just gets reset to zero again. Yeah, everyone's life he touched like is like just the same. It was all dream, and they're all kind of just gonna be fucked up from it because they all remember him, but don't know why they do. It was all a dream, essentially, to them. Yeah, and it's gonna fuck with them all forever. And maybe there goes maybe maybe if you have like a, uh, I did do look a little bit, and they're saying they're gonna make a sequel. Another sequel because there was already a sequel to this movie. There is. Yes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Let's uh, let's talk about. S. Darko. 
Oh, God. This sounds horrible. So, S. Darko uh, is uh, a movie that features the uh, o- the younger sister, Samantha Darko, <sighs> as the main character. Was his family just, like, cursed with time travel crap? She, I guess, somehow has now, now has the same mental problems as Donnie, I guess. Even though she was just, like, a perfectly nice little girl. She was the most normal out of all of them. But they're like, we gotta like make the rest, a movie. Like, the rest of that family is kind of weird and quirky a little bit, except for her. She's like, I like to dance. She like, she's a cheerleader or whatever, or yeah, preppy dancer. girl. Dancer, yeah. And then uh, I haven't actually seen this movie. I just read up on it because I'm never going to watch it <laughs> unless maybe we do BMI, but not anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she, like, I guess, like, goes on a road trip with her friends and sees Frank again or something what? that's like him. Because that's just stupid. Because Frank in the first one, I, even if I don't like it, it still ties in. Like Frank is the guy that he murdered. Yeah, or, who is actually his sister's boyfriend. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't know, maybe taken over by a god. Who knows? It's so he's weird. some weird like. Or it's like he's vis- like trying to it's save a, him. From- it's an alternate version of uh, Frank who died already, but was brought back and sent to this universe. This movie's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty complicated. Makes no sense, but yes. <laughs> you could tell it's written by a first-time screenwriter. Yes, cuz he's like this could be crazy and edgy and it's going to blow people's I'm minds. I'm going to throw everything I I think is interesting in the script. And then the audience were like, "No. We don't get it." A handful of people like me were like, "Yeah. Who we'll buy your DVD?" I like that. Who we'll buy the DVD? I'll watch your director's cut. Oh, the director's cut's not as good. Oh. <laughs> so that means you're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> no. Though, this this is actually one of the few What's cases. What's different with the director's cut? There's a lot of added bullshit into it. I guess maybe you might like it more because I think it kind of explains the time travel stuff a little bit more. But it messes with the pacing. It's a lot slower. Uh, They change some of the songs I really love the soundtrack of this version, especially the opening song and the it's uh, like a op- mix of '80s and 2000s. And they use they use like different '80s songs in uh, the director's cut that I don't think work as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just like it takes away a lot of the the ambiguity of this version, which I guess you would make you like the director's cut a little bit more. Maybe, but then also just more length to it. Yeah, it's longer. It's a lot slower, and there's just a lot of un- there's some unnecessary scenes. Like, okay, I understand why that was cut, because <laughs> apparently the original cut for this movie was going to be like two hours and forty five minutes. It's almost like, three hours. No, no. and the movie d- and the it doesn't need 2000s. to be that long. It doesn't. It didn't need to be that long no. either. I think this is the perfect version for How what long it was is. It? It's less than two hours. Yeah, and I still think it makes probably just as as much sense as I wonder it, how he felt they're like we're gonna cut an hour well that's it's why like, he wanted to do a director's cut for it he's like look the people will speak and the people are like no no he didn't yeah I'm not a fan of the director's so cut so did he did he direct the se- sequel no he had nothing to do with it oh poor him and I don't I don't think that he's gonna have anything to do with this other movie, whatever they're trying to do with that. I mean, I was wanna, Jake Gyllenhaal going to be in it? I just saw a, bl- a brief thing, like a sequel to it in 20... Like a cri- oh, wait, he stuff. can't be in it. He's dead. Yeah, unless they bring him back. Is his own Some other, travel. like, par- another, like, paradox He's thing. Frank now? He has to sacrifice himself again. For Frank? For Frank. They're just, like, gay lovers. <laughs> in time travel space. Oh, wow. So yeah, Gretchen, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we got sidetracked off her. Uh, that stupid sequel. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's good in it. She's just like white girl <laughs> with like a past. With but like th- she doesn't have enough scenes, I don't think. She does kind of disappear There's, from this movie. One of her scenes bit. is literally this, them jumping on a trampoline for like a second. <laughs> no, they're talking a little bit. It's kind of like I it's just—it's weird. Like they go, like we're going steady, and then we don't see her for like forty minutes. Well, she's dealing. I mean, that I think. But then when the next time they're hanging out, he's like, "We've been I hanging think out." In a the lot. director's cut, there's more scenes with her. You actually do see. It just seems like she's a pretty big go- part, and then like she's just like barely in it. Yeah, 
I think it would. But there's made, again, there's so much it else made it more going on. It was emotional when she got killed. It okay. was just more like stupid. Right. Like, why don't you just stand up? Why are you just laying there? She watched it come for like ten minutes. The car, <laughs> and she was just laying there going. Well, she oh, was like, no, no, she no. was like being strangled. No, for she one wasn't. thing, she was like out of breath. She wasn't strangled. Yeah, one of them was like the bully was uh, Seth Rogen, I think. For like was, a second, he like choked her a little bit and then threw her on the ground, and then she just kind of went like ah. Uh, and rolled around for like 10 minutes and then stared at a car for another five minutes as it came down the road towards her and then she went, oh no! And just blah, blah, blah. And got <laughs> ran over. And you know, then imagine you avoid to hit somebody and you just run over another person. <laughs> and it would have been yeah. better to kill the old lady because she was an old lady. Oh, right, yeah. There's the, uh, there's the old lady in this film. And where'd she come from? Did they not see her? She just pops out of nowhere. Well, she is Grandma Death. She's always constantly just like... Is she Death? Is this the prequel to Final Destination? No, it's not. It has nothing to do with that. I don't know. I think it is. It has nothing to do with it. Seems a little bit like it. I don't really think it's that similar. Like he escaped Death and now she's like, I'm going to get you. I don't... Well, yeah, I think he wrote this script before that. And then he just has the pistol and he's just like, he's, he's just been carrying that around since. Hey, they established it early in the movie. You had to do something with it. Like you can't just show something. a gun in a movie and not use it. That goes against off. a lot of the conventions of storytelling. You know, it's, just cra- it, 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 it's funny when he just like the guy's like, "What are you doing? You being stupid? What are you doing out in the street?" And then he shoots him in the eye. And they go, he's just like, and then he's just like, "Go home and tell your parents everything's gonna, gonna be all right." Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> His friends abandon him in a second. Well, his friends, like, yeah, I don't even think he liked his friends all that much. I didn't even understand that really. His friends were the worst people in the world. I, I think it's just like, I have to surround myself with people or else I'm going to get bullied even more. I have to have a group, yeah. Because, you know, you have the psychopathic bully in this movie but who's, who's straight out of a Stephen King but book. nothing ever happens, like, or resolves about that. He's just, oh, he's crazy and he's psychopath. You learned nothing about him. Yeah, he's a generic bully. And Seth Rogen, <laughs> We'll quickly highlight him, I guess. Yeah. This is Seth Rogen's first feature film, right after Freaks and Geeks got canceled. Sad R.I.P. That shouldn't have been canceled. Yeah, th- that is sad. That was a great show. Y- y'all should watch it if you haven't heard of that show. Even though it only lasted one season, it'll be disappointing when it's over for you. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It is. Because it ends with like... Like, there could be more. Nope. Uh, But yeah... Seth Rogen plays a piece of shit bully in this movie. They're just like they're just dropouts. They smoke weed. They rob. They, people. they do. They they do more than smoke weed. Yeah, they do, do coke. coke right in front of the fucking principal. And the principal's like, "Mm-hmm, that's you. That's my good white boys." <laughs> and <laughs> and his first them. line in this movie, and the first line he ever uttered in a feature film, is, "I like your boobs." <laughs> I know. Just uh, it's weird to think where he went. Like that's his start, and then because he kind of plays an asshole in Freaks and Geeks too. He kind of started off as that. It's almost like this is like an even more sociopathic version of that character. Yeah, that's if like the James Franco character in that in the in Freaks and Geeks was also a bully, a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This guy is like he's like straight out of a Stephen King book. Like he almost got tight. Like it's it's good that Seth Rogen broke more into the comedy because it was like. They were he kept getting casted as like the like the shitty guy, right? Yeah, because he kind of had that look for a little while because he was a little chunkier back then, and his hair was short. Yeah, once he grew his hair out, he kind of softened up. Yeah, he looked goofier. Yeah, he looked then goofy he, with his. That's when you hair. get like the fucking good old forty-year-old uh, virgin knocked, knocked up, up, super bad that <laughs> that era. <laughs> Pineapple, <laughs> Pineapple Express. Oh, one of the greatest movies ever. Sure. Oh, fuck you. I'm not saying it's not a good movie. I'm just oh, sure. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Pineapple Express is a fucking classic. It's a good film. It's the funniest movie in American history. All right, well, <laughs> enough about that. Enough about Seth Rogen. Let's see. Uh, Let's talk about... Uh, Patrick Swayze. Yes. The late great It was weird to see that he was in this movie. Yes, R.I.P., love Patrick Swayze, Ghost, Dirty Dancing. Paint Don't Hurt. (laughs) 
paid don't hurt. <laughs> Roadhouse. Uh, Roadhouse. Roadhouse, one of the an American classic. Classic film, yes, yes. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. He rips his throat <laughs> he rips out. his throat out. It's like, that's cool. You fucked them in prison. Now you can <laughs> fuck them in he- hell. <laughs> yeah, he's like rips his throat out and then like puts him in the lake and shoves him over to the guy. And the other guy's just watching like, you killed my best warrior. <laughs> like, <laughs> in this small southern town. Uh, and then he just has the rest of the town elders just murder that guy. It's great. After he... Roadhouse, that's a good movie. We, Roadhouse we is a great film. Create a side We've podcast on like great American classics. <laughs> Maybe we should. That is that'd be episode one. But yeah, he's a completely different character in this movie. He plays a bit of a scumbag in this movie. Yes, he plays Jim the, Cunningham. That typical on VHS, your mom would buy the forty VHS set mm, for yeah. four hundred ninety nine. He's, he's a like uh, snake oil salesman, motivational speaker type. Just fear. And love. These only two emotions. These people ran rampant back in the 80s. And then they kind of died out, I feel like, in the 2000s a little bit. In the beginning, of the t- because of the internet. And then YouTube just brought them back like a vengeance. Oh, we have and then Instagram solidified galore them. now. Yeah, because there's so many motivational people on social media. Like, you know what you need to do every single day? You got to get out. You chug four gallons of water. You make your bed. You take a shower. You've already accomplished so many things. And it's like, okay, buddy. And it's you like just, a picture. It's a picture of a sunset, and it's him going like this with like a beer. <laughs> You're just gonna conquer your fear. And it's like, oh, cool. Thanks. And what it, good advice. And, <laughs> and and guess what? It turns out that this guy is a pedophile, living in a mansion with his kitty porn dungeon. Yep. Which it's like, if he has a dungeon, has he ever taken any kitties in there? And he, like, he's super close with the mother, who's then like the leader of the little girl yeah, the, dance troupe. The religious fundamentalist woman. Who defends him to the end because yeah. she's in love with him. Yeah. it's uh, Even though he would think she's the most disgusting, repulsive thing in the world because she's old. And he's a disgusting animal who should have been strong. That's one thing I'm like, he never gets caught now. Unless, because he, like, when he woke up, he was, like, almost was one crying. of the most affected. He was crying. He was crying. Yeah. I almost feel like that's going to stick with him. But I like, almost feel like it's because he actually experienced, like, what it would be like if he was found out. Yeah, but I feel like it also was almost like a moment of, like, deja vu. And maybe, yes. I yeah, feel like it's right. going to weigh on him and change him. Like, he's not going to be able to be that carefree fear and no love. Again, and that's what I like about the ending of the movie is that you don't know if things are going to be changed or not. But then I want to know. I know, I and that's I actually like had a conversation recently with somebody about a movie that I recommended that they watched, and they weren't able to finish it. And the reason why they uh, couldn't finish it was because they don't like movies that they don't know what's happening until like the end, where everything kind of turns out ambiguous. And I just I don't like that idea of like everything has to be laid out on the table immediately. It's not even to me like ever. This movie, like it doesn't ever like. I it feel just like ends, this like, movie lays enough. Ending, like, I feel like this movie lays enough out on the table. It's for just you nothing happens to interpret. I don't like spending two hours to watch a movie just for dead and be like, none of that happened. And you're just like, cool. or maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but maybe it did. It happened in a different timeline, and he was dreaming. It's like either timeline sucks. Gretchen dies. He dies. Frank pedophile escapes. Pedophile doesn't escape. I mean, I guess that one's the good one, <laughs> where he doesn't escape. He doesn't get away with it. His family actually pre- like stops like trying to f- like the one where he like lives. It's like it's going kind of well. Like his family realizes like, hey, we've been just ignoring him and shoving him in therapy. And his dad's like, we could lose him. Maybe I should actually pay attention to my son. And then he starts like realizing like, oh, he actually likes his son because his son stands up for himself and is smart. And then oh no, he's dead. And you'll never learn that about your son. You'll just be sad. Yeah, you'll just be sad. As a brother and sister, you'll never get closer. Because he ends with like kissing her forehead because he like knows he's going to go away or something. Yeah. It's like, but why does he know that? Well, it's because... And who is Frank? Is Frank the actual guy he killed? Or is it like a weird time travel ghost? Maybe God. all of this was a paranoid vision that he was having as he was... About to die? Or not or even as a par- he's dying. Not even a paranoid vision. Maybe it's like as he was dying, like the DMT was releasing in his brain. Because and- yeah, he gets crushed. <laughs> I like how they just wheel his body out. They'd be taking his body out in bags. 
Yeah. <laughs> It'd be all burnt up and gross and just smushed and just there'd be blood and gore everywhere. If a fucking... F- First of all, like I feel like if that had crashed into a building, it would have blown the whole fucking building up. <laughs> or like crashed a lot or more than just... the entire house. Yeah, just... <laughs> not just one room perfectly. Yeah, wouldn't it have fallen through the... And not just shaking everyone a little bit. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. Hey, lucky one was a movie. <laughs> okay. You like to poke holes in that? Because <laughs> I wasn't interested in anything that was happening in it. Wow. But uh, okay, you don't. You weren't interested in much of what was happening in this. I movie. was trying to be, but then it all doesn't mean anything. It's hard to be interested in something. I can relate with the person that you're talking about before. And it's hard to like re- like be interested in something when you're like, none of this matters. None of this matters. None of this happens. I, I feel like this is one of the few movies where it can kind of almost get away with the, oh, it was all a dream ending. Well, it clearly didn't. Not for a lot of people. Flopped. Flippity flu flopped. But, you know, part of the reason why it flopped wasn't just because this is a weird <laughs> movie about... A guy, a young high school kid with paranoid schizophrenia who sees a giant bunny rat man dressed in a giant creepy bunny outfit who tells him that the world's gonna end and there's this all time, this all this time travel stuff going on. Um, the other reason was because this movie came out after 9/11. It was released after 9/11. So people weren't super into seeing a bummy ass movie. The st- and the studio did not want to advertise a movie where like a lot of the plot centers around a basically a plane crash. The marketing for this movie featured that a lot because that is a main part of the plot. And in two thousand one, um, this movie was released in October. Yeah, they of took two thousand one. The, they took the uh, the the built the towers out of Spider Man. Yeah, like it was a very sensitive time for things like that, and so be- that was partially the reason why this movie flopped, because it got almost no advertising. Okay, I could see that. I could see it being a still. I don't think it ever would have been a success, but I could see it been maybe not an utter failure. Yeah, if that that does that does that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, it's a lot to talk about. A lot of sadness. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a little bit of a sad movie, I guess. Don't worry, everyone. We'll, my movie next week will cheer us all up. And uh, I guess. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the parents. Um, they're not played by, like, I guess, super famous actors. But they're classic Bob and Dad. But I, I think they, they fit really well in the roles. I especially really like the dad. You know, I, I do, too, because I did, like, at first you're just, like, always oh, just the dad who's kind of checked out. But then, like, he's not, he doesn't ignore his wife. He's actually very... He's very flirtatious towards her. From very, the beginning, not even before, like, Jake Gyllenhaal dies. And, or almost dies. And, and one of my favorite moments that he has is actually very early on in the movie after a scene where you kind of don't like Donnie, where he calls his mom a bitch. Yeah, and he's like, you're not a bitch. And he like, <laughs> she comes into the her room, and she's like, your son just called me a bitch. And he just, and he just puts his book down, and he's like, you're not a bitch. You're bitching, but you're not a bitch. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. That's a that's a good husband right one there. One of my yeah, and one of my favorite scenes is the scene right after Jake Gyllenhaal almost dies, and they're in the hotel, and the dad and the, like the dad's holding the mom, and they're just kind of staring off, and he's just like, tells him the story about his friend who died, and how he just became like, a footnote, like oh he died, and yeah. that's it, and he's like that could have been my son, just a footnote, and he was also saying like his friend was like, kind of he kind of knew that he was gonna die or something. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, you know that," and, and, that's and he's I, thinking like how his son's so weird and says all these things and crypt, draws all this cryptic shit, and he's just like, mm-hmm. "This is gonna happen really, to my son." He's really concerned about him, and yeah, and that's when afterward, and then I I like the scene when like he gets in trouble when he call when he gets suspended and they buy yes. him all new bedroom shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where uh, Donnie confronts uh, this shitty teacher. Or I don't even think she's a teacher. She's like oh wait, no, she's she was the gym teacher. Remember? Yeah, she's the di- the gym teacher, and she's obsessed with this uh, program that Patrick Swayze's character is Pedals. hawking, called the the Lifeline system. Yeah, where you d- drop your fear and only embrace love, and it's like 
Yeah, Life's more complicated. Yeah, the, he, everything is boiled down between fear and love. And Donnie immediately calls this out. And says, I do like that call out scene. I, that might be one of my favorite scenes Where he's in the like, movie. That, he's like, that's stupid. He's like, you can't do that. It's, you can't boil people down into l- fear and love. Like, like, he, yeah, he gets like, so like the teacher gives him like a card with like a little scenario on it. Like Ling Ling finds a wallet and you know, what does he do? Does he return it? He returns, yeah, and he returns the wallet but keeps the money. And like, wh- where does that go on the spectrum? And he's like, who gives a fuck? It's like it doesn't like fear and love have nothing to do with this situation. <laughs> this is greed. greed is an emotion. Or who knows? How do you know this kid isn't poor and his family doesn't have food? And, or- and there you go. That too. It's just like you cannot boil things down so simplistically. And yeah. That's what I think this movie is sort of about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that scene is like he calls her out and he call and he says that she can shove her the the program up her ass. <laughs> uh, but she, my anus. She can show the straight lines. This about my anus. And then, like, she calls out the mom and just like basically calls her a bad mother over and over. Mm-hmm. And the mom's just standing there. And then it cuts to the like them walking in his room. And it's like, you call your teacher a bitch, and you get all brand new. Room. Like, yeah, his like, sister's like like talking on the phone with her friend in his room. It's <laughs> like, remember our old teacher, our old gym teacher who we used to hate? Well, Donnie just told her to shove a book up her ass. And her parents bought and her, him all new shit. Her parents just bought him all new shit. And he's just it's, like walking like, what? <laughs> like, it's like, so, yeah, it's... He's like uh, thinking about it, getting in a lot of trouble, and then it's like, no. And his dad's like walking out of the office like, nice. Smiling. <laughs> he, he laughs when he first hears it. Because he's like, fuck you. Because they her. both hate Yeah, they all they both hate her. Yeah, because she's like... Was, uh, Everybody in that neighborhood or town kind of hates her a little bit. Yeah, there's a split in the town. You can kind of tell, like between, between the, the transition of like the conservativeness of the '80s and the liberalness of the '90s. Yeah, a little bit. You're seeing the transition in America. The the conflict that will eventually spill over into now, and just <laughs> stall us out. But you know, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's definitely an interesting aspect of this movie. The time period does add a lot to this film. I feel. Originally, uh, Richard Kelly wanted to set it uh, in the modern era, or at least a producer suggested that he set it in the 2000s or whatever, but he just couldn't really, uh, he didn't really understand like how kids talked back then, because he was, he was graduate, a graduate from film school at this point, he's older. Oh, so he's like, I know kids from the 80s, he, I don't yeah, know kids he, he from the 90s. he understood how like, people talked back then. So he was able. So it's more convincing to write teenagers yeah. from the era that you're familiar with. Yeah, if you're trying, sense. like writing teenage dialogue is very, very hard because it's dated immediately. Mm-hmm. Or it can just sound terrible, and like you sound, it sounds like a fifty-year-old man wrote this. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, guys, let's go flip on the dip, and you're like, who the fuck says flip on a dip? No one. We said it for two weeks. And no, or we never said that. You've heard somebody say something that sounded similar to it, and, and you, you just couldn't memorize it, and you're just like, flip on a dip. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're those men. Oh, Yeah, we can never write to Hey, everybody out there. Sheesh. <laughs> That's the new thing. Now it's get, it's really getting to the point where they're not even words. It's just going to be it's a sound. Flippity flop. Sheesh. <laughs> flip it up and flip it down. Hippity hip dop. Wow. Um, okay. Well, let's get into questions. Oh, questions. Questions for Lee. Questions. Questions for Lee. Questions? All right, Lee. Well, First question, and it's a lot. It's one of my always. It's one of my go-to first questions with movies, where I'm like, wh- wh- mm-hmm. "When did he see this? So, wh- when 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 did Lee see this for the first time? Oh, uh, this where was, was Lee at? This was one of those movies that I watched during that that sweet spot of uh, like twelve, thirteen. I'm pretty no, I'm pretty sure I saw this when I was like, that I was like fourteen. Where it's like a nostalgia movie now. Well, I mean, this is like my period of when I was watching movies like every day. Oh, okay. This is mo- like peak. maybe like two movies a day. Almost. Oh, so it was like my 2011s. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, I guess. Where I just watched every rom com in existence. You mean 2010s? 2010s, 2011s. So 2010 and 20. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was right, right around the point of like um, it's my movie obsession. And I was just like. I don't remember even how I heard about it. I think 
I think I was like in a Spencer's Gifts one time. Like, wow, this is I could definitely see this movie in the early in the years uh, and two thousands. And I think there was like a toy of toy. Frank the Bunny. Okay, that's definitely a Spencer's thing. And I was like, or hot what topic. Is, what is this? What is this movie? Or what is this from? And I read the back of like what was on the back of the box. It's like, huh? It gave the basically the synopsis of the movie. Mm. It seemed like it had nothing to do with this rabbit, <laughs> other than it kind of mentions it once in the plot. Because again, the rabbit is almost kind of random. Yeah, <laughs> Frank is kind of random. It's in just a, way. a Halloween costume. Yeah, <laughs> a homemade, creepy homemade Halloween costume. Uh, but yeah, and it just kind of like I watched a trailer, I guess, on YouTube, and I was like, "Huh, this looks like an interesting movie." I know who Jake Gyllenhaal is, I <laughs> guess. I remember Bubble. I had watched Bubble Boy before this, sadly. No. No, not sadly. Because I actually kind of enjoy Bubble Boy. Because that movie is kind of weird, too. It is. It's very weird. Um, but tatted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it was just like I watched it, and I, w- I, don't, I don't really remember how I reacted. I guess I liked it. Because it was just... But you grew to appreciate it as you got older? No, I think I liked it when I first watched it, but I yeah, I appreciated it more, yeah, as I, with more viewings. I knew it was going to be one of those movies I would probably have to watch again to understand, and I actually had the desire to do that. With some movies like that, you don't really have the desire to do just that. Because you already know what's going to happen, so it's not as fun. Yeah. Now you're just like, nah, I have to Or think. just the movies is not that interesting, you're like, oh, I don't really care. <laughs> but this mo- but yeah, this movie I was like, huh, I'm interested to kind of understand it more. Yeah. So the more I watch it, I'll probably understand it a lot more. Okay. Um then of course, you know, I read a lot about it too. Cuz this is one of those movies you kind of do have to kind of do deep dives on. <laughs> Sorry. Watch some YouTube videos on it. Yep. Uh yeah. Uh 14, I would say, is probably when okay. I first saw this. Well, Lee, what's your favorite, what's your favorite aspect of this movie? Favorite part, scene, hmm. whatever aspect of it. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I really like, I really like the tone of this movie. Because, it, I mean, it has various tones. Um, it ranges from kind of darkly funny certain points to being yes. very dr- being pretty dramatic to being almost like a psychological horror movie yeah a psychological thriller Ugh. uh a movie about uh, a coming of age movie high school film yeah i guess a little bit yeah uh time travel film science you know sci- weird well, science so fiction film this movie and I think it, it's unlike Southland Tales, where it's also a movie where Richard Kelly just crammed in everything that he was interested in. This movie works a lot more because I feel well, like, like it's like you said that he didn't have the producer. He had a produce. He had a producer that actually uh, gave a fuck. Made sense. Oh, we forgot to talk a little bit about uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah, she's in this movie. Yes, Drew Barrymore. Is actually a producer on this film. Oh, that's which funny. is why she's in it. That I've just found that out recently. Oh, that's funny. Her studio uh, produced this film. She has a studio. Yeah, I think it's called like Flower Films or something. I don't know if it Had, exists like, anymore. I guess she was a big actress then. At that time, yeah, she was still doing stuff. Well, I mean, she still does some stuff now, but it's not but like Charlie's Angels was coming out and stuff. Yeah, it was right around that point. Uh, but yeah, she produced this film. And uh, she plays a uh, she plays Donnie Darko's English teacher. One of the only good teachers. The only one that really seems to care. And it's always the English teacher. <laughs> yeah, but she's also kind of like a kind of like a cynical, like I don't give a shit type of character. And also like that scene where she's like sitting next to the boy that you think is the cutest. It's like Jesus, man. Yeah, she uh, put her on blast. She yeah yeah she kind of like doesn't have any like boundaries I guess. She's so young, just yeah. right out of grad school. Yeah, she's trying to be the hip modern teacher, I guess. Mm. And she's just a little too hip and modern for this. We're gonna lose these shitty children. school. We're losing these children. And then she gets fired. But they and keep the woman who supports a pedophile. Yep, because <laughs> that was how what it was like back then. 
she just quiet that down. Her values are more aligned with mine. Even if she supports pedophiles, that's okay. We don't. He has, they haven't proved it. All right. Well, th- I mean, I wonder how difficult this. W- well, did you answer what your favorite aspect was? No. The tone. Oh yeah, the tone, tone. The yes. tone, the weird atmosphere. Well, then, this might be kind of difficult because it sounds like you really like this movie. But what's your biggest complaint of it? Ooh. Ooh. Well, I mean, there are some things that kind of feel underdeveloped, underwritten. Gretchen, I think you you actually kind of nailed it with your uh, your summation of her death. Like it would have had a lot more impact if we had just a couple more scenes with her. Yeah, just a little. Well, it's just like. Yeah. So she died, and you're like, okay. Just maybe even one more scene with her. Just a little more bonding with her, a little more back her backstory. Maybe seeing her mother. Yeah, yeah, that would have been that would have been good. Jake Gyllenhaal and her meeting the mom. Yeah. So it's more effective also when she goes missing. Who cares? Her mom goes missing. You never just, see her mom. Yeah. Yeah, she just tries to fuck Jake Gyllenhaal, and then they just go run off, and she dies, and her mom's probably dead too. Yeah. So I would say that yeah, there are some aspects that especially is kind of underwritten. You definitely see, like, Richard Kelly's is like, ah, what do I do with all this? Uh, the cops just let her go, even though her mother's missing, and they know her, like. Yeah, they just tell her, murder. go to a safe place. They wouldn't do that. They'd provide they? a safe space. They'd, they'd make sure she actually, they would be like, where are you going to go? They would have escorted her to Donnie's place. And then they would have probably Shut broken the up the party. <laughs> That's why he's like, I can't do that. Uh, Yeah. So the, a little bit of the underwriting. Yeah, yeah. Just because, like, I feel like he was right. He was, there was so much that he had to juggle that he just couldn't handle all of it. Uh, it's like makes it sad almost like maybe in a sequel we could have got, like a good sequel, you could have got some answers, but whatever. Um, yeah. Well, let's transition into right, in, right into this. Lee, what's your rating of this movie? All right. Well... This is, uh, yes, yeah, a movie. Watching it again, uh, I still really, really like. I still really love this movie, honestly. Like I said, this is if Major Pain was a Sterling movie, <laughs> this is definitely yes, a movie. Definitely, this has like so many things that I that I like. That is a good uh, comparison, right there. Um, I, and I mean, I. It kind of sounds weird to say, but I sort of relate to the character of Donnie Darko in some ways. Because um, we're both kind of like weirdos who kind of get annoyed with people pretty easily. Yeah, I can see <laughs> that a little bit. Um, so that kind of helps with uh, like how, how much I like this movie. Mm-hmm. If I can relate to a main character, that always really helps. Yes. Um, even if it's with like my That's most... That's with anybody, yeah. Even if it's with my most negative aspects, <laughs> uh, I'd be like, okay. I, like I understand you. Like I like that guy. <laughs> maybe I maybe not even like. It's like I understand you. <laughs> I get I you. Understand you. We're one in the same, I've which probably you. shouldn't. I probably shouldn't say because you're a serial killer. <laughs> well, well, Donnie Darko's not a serial killer, but he's a murderer. He is, and an arsonist. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a uh, paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, that's not a bad thing, but. Yeah, so <laughs> the rating. Um, I give this a nine out of ten. Guys, one damn, of my that's high. It's one of my favorite movies. All right, well, you're not gonna like mine. I, yeah, I'm. I'm prepared. Four. It's not the acting. The acting's fine. I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. It's very creepy and it fits the role. I think all the casting is right. I just I don't like the ending. I don't like movies like that. I don't like movies like this where it's just like oh, what what did we do. And a what if a ba-doo-boo. Or the whole, none of it happened. And it's like, it's all a dream? That I is hate a, that. That is a lame, everybody hates that. But I almost feel like that's not what this is. But it's all, but it's almost, it's too close to it for my taste. Okay. Um, the only reason I'm not going to go lower than a four, because I don't like it, so I just can't feel like I give it a five. It's not, it was not meh to me. It was actively don't like I didn't hate watching it. I didn't feel too long. Right. But just when it was over, I was like, ugh. I didn't feel, like, sad or depressed. It didn't scare me. I'm not – I wasn't affected by, like, the thrill. I wasn't affected by Gretchen's death. <laughs> um, it was just like, oh. Because then it's like, oh, she didn't even die. Okay. 
<laughs> who gives a fuck? It's kind of like him. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> okay. But like I said, I did. I, I like, and I said in the podcast, there were scenes that I I did like. Yeah, that's um, good. But transitioning that, right, we'll transition right into what I'm. We're going to be watching next week, which is kind of a funny movie to yeah. go watch. Going right into because the character that like, and one of our biggest like Lee's biggest complaints, and one of my biggest complaints is the underdevelopping of her story. It's Gretchen. Is uh, what's her name? Real Jenna name? Malone. Jenna Malone. Next week we're watching the movie less people have seen than Donnie Darko <laughs> saved. It's a straight on movie that it must have been a straight to like DVD TV movie or something. But uh, yeah. we'll talk more about it. Just know that it's got Macaulay Culkin in it. That's all I'm going to say. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Boy. Um, if you can get a chance, watch it before the podcast next week. Uh, it'll just make it the podcast more enjoyable for you. Yes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's movie. We hope you watched it before you listened to the podcast. So you kind of didn't get spoiled on it because, as you know, we always spoil these movies. Um, but we hope you liked the movie. We hope you like this podcast. We hope you have a great week. Uh, please rate, review, and share the podcast. It's the easiest and the best way for you to help us out right now. Uh, it gets us promoted to the front pages of these different podcast websites. Um, and just gets more people out there listening to it. It makes this podcast more fun. Um, but other than that, we'll see you next week. We'll talk to you next week and y'all have a great day. You made, you made me do it, Sterling. No.